Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. My name is Benson Spector, and I'll be the host of your show today. Regular season baseball is finally back, and that the majority of the show today will be discussing opening day and our observations from that, but we still do have some spring training to discuss, so let's get into that. So Saturday, split squad game, Phillies-Red Sox. Uh, Jordan Lyles pitched great against the Phillies uh, when that game 5-3, to three, uh, the game against the Red Sox. Tyne got knocked around. It was uh, pretty much the minor league team over there. Uh, lost 12-3, to three. and then in the final Grapefruit League game in Florida on Sunday, Pirates and Orioles tied, score 1-1. Headed down to Houston for two exhibition games. In game one, Pirates lose 12-9. to nine. Uh, Alex McRae got knocked around, and then game two, win 5-1. Eduardo Vera was impressive, and then as we know yesterday, Thursday, opening day loss 5-3 to three to the Cincinnati Reds. So for weekly awards, today. Uh, I didn't want to combine spring training and opening day awards, so we're going to have two segments. It's going to be the spring training awards first, so for the final week of spring training, and then our opening day awards. So for spring training for this past uh, week, uh, I'm going with Corey Dickerson for MVP, a 231 diet average, three for three for 13, a home run, and three RBIs. Uh, and Corey Dickerson, uh, although the 231 average is not impressive, he was looking locked in at the end of spring training, putting up solid at-bats. And that's, I mean, obviously carried into uh, the regular season on Thursday. We'll get into that in a minute. But solid final week of spring training for Corey Dixon, expecting big things for him in 2019. Pitch of the week is to Tyler Lyons. Two innings pitch, two games, no hits, no runs. Uh, no walks and three strikeouts. Um, yeah, so Tyler Lyons, he did not make the opening day roster, sent down to AAA Indianapolis. So there, there's still a chance that he makes it to Pittsburgh at some point, and I'd, I'd be shocked if he does not. Uh, he did make a good final impression on the team on this roster. He needed to really impress the spring training, and unfortunately he did not do that. He did have a final good week, and – Again, I would love to see him make his way to Pittsburgh at some point this season. There are going to be injuries. There are going to be underperformances. So if he can make his way to Pittsburgh, I'd be excited to see him. Because, yes, he's two years removed from a very solid season with the St. Louis Cardinals. But this spring training, he just did not show enough to make this Pittsburgh Pirates ball club. Our rookie of the week goes to Pablo Reyes. A uh, 250 average. He was uh, two for eight. He had an RBI. Little Pablo is such an exciting player to watch, and I'm so happy he made the opening day roster. Like, Pablo Reyes excited everybody last September, and he just did more of the same this spring. I believe he had something over 300, and he, he was just dominating. Like, he is a spark plug if there ever was a spark plug. Like, he is Josh Harrison before he was Josh Harrison. So, Pablo Reyes expects Expect him to be that spark plug off the bench when he gets starts, when he gets on the base. Uh, he has sneaky pop. He, he does not cheat himself when he swings at the plate. Expect a, not a big season from Pablo Reyes, but a fun one at that. And he's going to quickly become a fan favorite in Pittsburgh. He he did in September. I mean, not that many people tuned in or watch the games last September, but coming up in uh, full season, I like Pablo Reyes. 
All right, glove of the week goes to Eric Gonzalez. 14 total chances, 10 assists, four putouts, two double plays, no errors. Uh, we all expected this. Eric Gonzalez has a glove to win a gold glove this year. That's why he won that shortstop position. And in his final week of spring training, he flashed the leather uh, and won our gold glove of the week. If he can hit just enough, this guy can be a very valuable shortstop. And that's what the Pirates, Neil Huntington and Clint Hurdle, are banking on. That's why he won the job over Kevin Newman. Eric Gonzalez has a chance to do something very special here in Pittsburgh. He has a fantastic glove. If he can hit enough, again, that's a big if. But if he can, expect a big season from Eric Gonzalez. All right, so that is our final spring training awards. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Now let's transition into our opening day awards. So my opening day MVP goes to Corey Dickerson. A 250 average, he was one for four, a home run and an RBI. Uh, yeah, Corey Dickerson had a great game. He was, I was actually at a Grand American Ballpark on this past Thursday, and he did hit a ball. I don't know how far Fallon went, but, I mean, he was close to the three home runs. Put up a fantastic at-bat, even though we lost in his final A-B. And really, if that power stroke can get going uh, early and often, I mean, it's going to be a big boost in this Pittsburgh Pirates lineup. An excellent game from Corey Dickerson. Defensively, too, there were a lot of line drives right at him in the gaps, and he ran all those down. There was one questionable play in deep left field that he might have been able to catch, but Corey Dickerson overall, fantastic opening day. Uh, expect a huge season from him. Uh, I like, I'm like, i liking what I'm seeing. Uh, he took his hot spring training right in to the regular season. All right, pitcher of the game goes to Nick Birdie. Pitched in NA, no hits, no runs, no walks, struck out the side. Uh, we've talked a lot about Nick Birdie here on this show, and early signs show that he's going to be joining the Wolfpack this season as one of the, the core four will come the Fab Five with Vasquez, Kella, Crick, Rodriguez, and now Birdie. I mean, just wow. I was so impressed with what I saw from him. And this was in a relatively high-pressure situation. I mean, we're in the, the bottom of the eighth inning of a two-run game, and the Pirates need to keep it there if they have any hopes of coming back in the ninth inning. And he came in there, and he slammed the door. Very, very impressed with what I saw with Nick Birdie. And, I mean, guys, he's going to have a breakout season I believe it wholeheartedly. Rookie of the game also goes to Nick Birdie. Uh, if you remember, he's a Rule 5 pick from like two years ago, and the Pirates have been able to keep him this long. He just needs to stay on this roster for 60 days, I mean 59 more days at this point, and he's well on his way to doing that. Uh, Nick Birdie's going to be on this roster, I believe, for the full 2019 season. And again, he, he's going to replace Edgar Santana. And if you can just imagine if we still had Edgar Santana, you're looking at six guys in the back end of that bullpen. And Nick Burry's going to be here for a while. He has an exciting arm, high 90s fastball, devastating slider. Man, I love watching him at Great American Ballpark this past Thursday. All right, glove of the game goes to Adam Frazier. Four total chances, two assists, two putouts, no errors. He did have a little uh, a little slip up at second base. Uh, he was sprinting um, to throw a runner out, and 
he he just tripped. Uh, other than that, solid game for Adam Frazier. And really, I, I'm giving him this award more so because there wasn't any outstanding defensive plays. And I, I just want to see how he does in his first full season as the full-time second baseman. This is Adam Frazier's first chance to be a full-time player at one position. And I think he's going to thrive. I mean, to be honest, all, all this guy does is hit. Now, on opening day, uh, that was not the case. He, did, he didn't hit. He was uh, 0 for 4 with a walk. But I, I'm expecting a big game from him today. And add that leadoff, well, he's the best leadoff hitter we have. I mean, Adam Frazier is a fantastic ball player, great hitter. I could see him competing for the NL batting title this season. And his glove has improved immensely when he's playing one position. And that's what he's going to be doing in 2019. He's not going to be bouncing around. He's going to be the full-time second baseman. The Pirates didn't get off to the start they hoped for on Thursday, dropping a 5-3 to loss on the road to the Reds. Jose Iglesias opened the game scoring with a double to bring home Jose Peraza in the second inning. It would take the Pirates until the sixth inning to get on the board when a Jung Ho Gung single brought in Josh Bell and Francisco Cervelli, thanks to some very aggressive base coaching by Joey Cora. However, the Reds would hit a pair of home runs in the bottom of the seventh and take a 5-2 to two lead and ultimately end the game. The Pirates were able to tack on one more run in the eighth and threaten with the bases load in the ninth, but it wouldn't be enough. The Pirates have a few, few things that must change after Thursday's game. Let's take a look at a few takeaways from game one of 162. Pirates will need healthy lineups to have a prayer. The Pirates lineup tough to look at on paper entering today's game, and that was before Starling Marte's late scratch with a migraine headache. Even with a legitimate ace like Jameson Tyone on the mound, the Pirates are going to need to produce runs. Runs won't come easy for this group without a viable power threat. So while it's nice to manufacture runs like they did on Thursday, they're going to need Marte, Gregory Polanco, and Lonnie Chisinau healthy to have an offense able to consistently support its strong group of pitchers. This isn't a surprise, though. Fans should have expected this when the Pirates' front office didn't do much of anything to shore up an offense that needed a jolt. When healthy, the offense could be capable enough, but they have no margin for error whatsoever. Infield defense must improve. I can shorten this by saying Adam Frazier and Josh Bell's infield defense must improve. But let's take this as an overall warning instead. If the Pirates are going to rely on pitching to win games, simple outs must be converted into outs. The Pirates technically had one error on Thursday, but it should have been two. As Adam Frazier got lucky with the Cincinnati scorekeeper giving the Reds an extra hit later in the game. Neither Frazier or Bell are known for their defense, but this isn't about asking them to make spectacular plays. Miscommunications on rundowns and the failure to make simple plays could very well be the difference between a win and a loss for a Pirates team that is going to struggle to put runs on the board. Clint Hurdle must trust his bullpen. Jose Peraza's home run to start the seventh inning didn't technically end the game, but it certainly changed the momentum. While Jameson Tyon threw a great game overall, it's hard to argue that Hurdle either should have gone to his bullpen after the sixth inning or pulled Tyon the second process ball up the yard. Tyon only threw 83 pitches, but he was getting too much of the plate all day. 
the Pirates' bullpen is a clear strength on this team. And you build that stable of arms out there so that you can lean on them to get you three to four innings if need be. Now, Richard Rodriguez did eventually come in with two runners on base and give up a no-doubter to Derek Dietrich. But who knows how that would have gone had Rodriguez been able to enter in a low-leverage situation. Kyle Crick, Keone Kella, Rodriguez, and Felipe Vasquez all proved themselves as more than capable last season. Nick Birdie looked like another quality addition to the group today after striking out all three batters he faced. Pearl must supplement his very strong pitching staff with timely pitching changes to take full advantage of one of the best bullpen groups in the league. But this team battles. 12 pitches. Seven foul balls. That was Corey Dickerson's final at-bat. And though it resulted in an out, it exemplifies a lot of what makes this team fun fight the less-than-ideal results. This is nothing new. And it's perhaps the most enjoyable part of this team the last few seasons. Playoff runs or not, this team fights hard. They may not have 15 hits, but they'll generate ugly runs. Luis Castillo could largely dominate them for five and two-thirds innings, but they find a way to get him and force David Bell to make a probably unadvised pitching change. This team doesn't play pretty all the time, but there's never a doubt that they'll fight to the bitter end of every game, which isn't something that can be said for some Pirates teams of old. They're going to need that attitude if they want to keep pace in the loaded NL Central this season. While I question some things about this team on paper, their ability to do that isn't something I ever doubt. Let's talk about just Nall's injury. Unfortunate that he went down. Well, that was a quick buzzkill. Pirate acquisition and presumed starting right fielder Lonnie Chisnall won't suit up for the black and gold anytime soon after the Athletics' Ken Rosenthal reported he'll miss at least the first month of the season with a broken right hand. This after being hit by a pitch in an exhibition game in Houston Monday by Astros pitcher Framber Valdez. Chisnall, former Cleveland Indians utility man, was acquired to fill the shoes of everyday right fielder Gregory Polanco as he continues to recover from an off-season procedure on his left shore that should sideline him well into May. When looking at the big picture, what does this mean for the Pirates? For starters, this will thin out the bench significantly. And veteran outfitter Melky Cabrera, who signed a minor league deal with the Pirates in February, will now likely be the everyday man in right field until Polanco or Tristan Hall gets healthy. Cabrera appeared in 78 games last season and hit a respectable 280 with six home runs. I don't think there's a vast discrepancy in what the Pirates will lose or gain at the plate with Chisnall versus Cabrera, but I do view the Pirates bench as a regular who's who. Instead of Melky Cabrera being anointed the first reserve outfit off of the bench, that will now be Pablo Reyes or J.B. Shuck. Reyes impressed in limited action with the ball club last year, batting 293 with and 58 at-bats, while playing some sparkling defense in the corner outfield. Shuck, a 31-year-old journeyman, is another utility player who agreed to a minor league deal with the Pirates this offseason. The left-handed outfitter split time between AAA and the Miami Marlins last season and owns a career 244 average, 294 OVP, 316 slugging across parts of six major league campaigns. Expect some rotation of Cabrera, Reyes, and Shuck to start the season with the hot hand getting a chance to stick as the regular. For my money, Cabrera is the steadiest of the three and will get the first shot. 
But Reyes is the most exciting and should ultimately overtake the grizzled vet. The short-term impact it will have on the overall club remains to be seen. Starting outfielders Starling Marte or Corey Dickerson are unable to play for any reason. Over the next month, this lineup is in a heap of trouble. The pressure on the pitching staff continues to grow as ownership did next to nothing to help a bottom 15 offense this season and now have to deal with multiple injuries to boot. Chisnall joins three other regulars to open the season on the injury list. Unless that includes <clears throat> Polanco, catcher Elias Diaz, and power bench bat Jose Osuna. This is a team in need of a hot start to bring a disputed fan base back to the ballpark this summer. That means they better find the right combination at the dish to complement a steady pitching staff sooner rather than later. If the baseball club starts out fighting from the behind with a 10-17 record or somewhere along those lines, I'm not sure the return of Chisinau will be enough to save the season. Listen, we cannot get off to a bad start. We just can't. Again, if we get off to a 10-17 record, I think the season's over. NL Central Division is so unbelievably tight and tough that we have to keep pace now. We cannot waste time. We just can't. We cannot afford to waste time at, at this point. Okay, and it's very frustrating that ownership did nothing to help this offense. And, and it's showing in the opening day lineup. Having J.B. Shock in center field, it's ridiculous. You know, we could have went out there and signed quality guys. At the beginning of the offseason, my three guys that I wanted us to get, Jose Iglesias, Gio Gonzalez, and Jonathan Scope. Those aren't expensive guys, and two of them signed on minor league contracts. And Jose Iglesias just poured salt into the wound on Thursday with his big game. Gio Gonzalez, minor league deal. You think that would help in the rotation now? Jonathan Scope, cheap deal with the Twins. Like, come on. Ridiculous. And this ownership group never wants to spend the money to allow us to compete. We have the pitching staff to do this. And the lineup and the roster we have now is just going to have to fight. They are. And this Chisnall injury really puts us in an early bind. Marte and Dickerson are going to have to carry this lineup, and Marte is dealing with migraines right now. Like, with Marte out of the line, it's a very short lineup. We're going to need to figure some things out moving forward, and we're going to need to figure them out quick. Again, this is a dispirited fan base right now. And if we do not get off to a hot start, don't expect them to come back this summer. And we had terrible attendance last year, and it could very well carry over into 2019. If we don't get off to the start, we are capable of right now, starting today. A 10-17 and 17 record. Monty Chisnall coming back might not be enough to save this season. We need to keep pace starting today with a win. It's really time to to get on the ball with that. So with opening day being on Thursday, the Pirates could have put themselves in hole dating back to December 11th, 2018, at least from a pitching standpoint. On that day, the Pirates signed free agent pitcher Jordan Lyles to a one-year deal for $2.05 million with the idea that he would come in a 
in and compete for the number five starters job. The Pirates had traded away Yvonne Nova that same day and knew that pitcher Chad Cool wouldn't pitch in 2019 due to Tommy John surgery. At the time, it looked like a deal for a potential starter, but also someone who could come in from the bullpen and provide some relief, which Lyles did when he was traded from San Diego to Milwaukee last year. With the Padres, Lyles made eight starts in 24 games, but after that trade, he made 11 relief appearances with a 3.31 ERA, 22 strikeouts, and nine walks, and 16 and a third innings pitched in relief. Now, fast forward three and a half months later, <clears throat> and the Pirates look like they played the market completely wrong. Granted, nobody saw the likes of Dallas Keuchel still being available at this time, or someone like Gio Gonzalez signing a minor league deal with the New York Yankees, where he can make up to $3 million if he pitches for the Yankees. To make matters worse, both Lyles and other number five starter options, Stephen Brault, Kingham, haven't had the best spring training either. Lyles has appeared in five games so far, starting in four, posting a 5.06 ERA while giving up 20 hits in 16 innings, and also walking five and striking out 12 batters. Kingham has a 5.09 ERA in 17 two-third innings and giving up 18 hits. Brault has a 4.61 ERA in 13 and two-thirds innings with 14 hits given up. Even with those numbers not looking that great, it looks like Lyles will be named the starter if reports are true that general manager Neil Huntington is still looking at him in that role. If Lyles is named the starter, they better hope the numbers are there or that top prospect Mitch Keller is on the fast track to the major league club. If not, it will look like the Pirates were too cheap to solidify the best part of this team. It also doesn't help that many of the fan base were disappointed in the lack of urgency to bring in any substantial talent to a team that for four and a half months were in the discussion for a playoff spot last season. If Lyle shows that the Pirates played this wrong, it will be another reason why a disgruntled fan base and ownership that hasn't been the most forthcoming about spending money will be at odds again. Those same fans may look back to December 11, 2018 as the day that the Pirates made the most critical error of this offseason and something that could put them into an early hole to start the 2019 season. Now, we do know that Jordan Lyles has been placed on the injury list to begin the 2019 season. It does not help. It, it really doesn't. So he, he's on the 10-day injury list, and really, if we look at the Pirates' upcoming schedule and we look, when are they going to need that fifth start? That becomes the question at this point. So we have uh, Trevor Williams pitching today. Joe Musgrove on Sunday, Chris Archer on Monday, and on Wednesday, that will be plenty of time uh, for Jamin to go. So you will have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it'll be uh, Jamin on Wednesday. It'll be Willie on Thursday, Musgrove Friday, um, Archer Saturday. Now, if we get to Sunday, the 7th against the Reds, uh, Jamin will get Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think they'll probably need that fifth starter on that Sunday. The question is, who do you go to at that point? Is Jordan Lyles going to be healthy? Is he going to be ready? Or are we going to have to turn to Nick Kingham or Stephen Brault? And you can just point to December 11th, 2018 as a turning point of this offseason. It was when we traded to Nova and signed Jordan Lyles. And, guys, Dallas Keuchel is still on the market. What are we doing? Why haven't we signed him yet? Gio Gonzalez went on a minor league deal. A minor league contract, Gio Gonzalez. 
you know, I was very upset when, when we didn't add any substantial talent talent to this lineup. And the fact that now we're too cheap to solidify our strength, it's ridiculous. Again, this is a disgruntled fan base that does not trust the ownership group, does not trust Bob Nutty whatsoever. And it just puts us in a hole. It does. And it's tough because we had an ability to go out there this offseason and make impact signings. Now, that didn't mean signing Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, but that meant impact moves. Jose Iglesias would have been an impact signing. Gio Gonzalez would have been an impact signing. Same with Jonathan Scope. But instead, we sat on our heels and we waited. And that may very well come back to haunt us in 2019. While the rest of the division was getting better, we stood pat. We signed Jordan Lyles. We traded for Eric Gonzalez. We signed Lonnie Chesnall is now hurt. Signed Melky Cabrera. A disappointing offseason is an understatement for how this offseason went. And it's tough to see because we were, for four and a half months last season, we were in the discussion for a playoff spot. And you think that 2018 should be a springboard into 2019. It really should. But with the way that ownership went about this offseason, it seemed as if they were content with an 82-win season. But guess what, 82-win season? Clint Hurdle is not content with an 82-win season. This fan base, this city, we're pleased with it, but we're not satisfied. It's been 40 years, 40, since the last World Series team was in Pittsburgh. That's too damn long. I'm sorry, that is. I'm sick of waiting for this team to go out there and make a move. Every single offseason, it's the same exact story over and over again on replay. Why won't ownership spend money? Why? What are they afraid of? Instead of lining your pockets, actually spend some money to make give us a World Series baseball team. Because people aren't showing up to games. You're not selling the tickets. The merchandise obviously is going down. If you're not putting people in seats, you're obviously making less money. Now, listen, baseball's economy is in a great place, and the Nuttings are making a bajillion dollars a year off this club. And they're afraid to invest any money in this t- club. We have the lowest payroll in the National League, and we had a winning season last year. How pathetic is that? Listen, I'm going to support this Pittsburgh Pirates team through thick and thin. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that ownership didn't go out there and spend the money necessary for us to have a championship ball club this year is disappointing. I'm still very excited with the season. I still think the Pittsburgh Pirates ball club can do some exciting things. But could they have done a lot more exciting things if they had spent money? If and they still can get Dallas Keuchel, like he's still out there. <sighs> Disappointing off season to say the least, guys. And I'm sure you all you all feel my pain. 
it's it's been been an interesting one. I, I really thought that this was the off season. We just traded for Chris Archer, Keone Cullen, that we were going to go out there and make impact moves. That ownership had changed, but no. Same old, same old in Pirate Land in the city of Pittsburgh. Be interesting to see how many people actually show up on Monday. All right, sorry for the the pessimistic episode today. Um, Pirates on the Reds. Uh, this afternoon at 2.10 on uh, the Reds. Tomorrow, Musgrove be Roark on Sunday. Home opener on Monday against the Cardinals. Chris Archer going up against Adam Wainwright. Game on Wednesday night. I'd assume it would be Tyon going up against Michaelis. Then we have a four-game set against the Reds. Hopefully, hopefully by the next time we talk, we'll, uh, we'll be back above 500 or at least to it. Uh, we cannot afford to get off to a start. And that's going to do it for us today. For more Bucket with content, Head over to baseballpodcastnet.com. Be sure to follow our host on Instagram, myself at Buck Sugat, Jared at Pirates.Strong, and follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net, Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D C A S One. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network, and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. If you're looking to go to the home opener or any Pirates game this season, head over to our partner, Stub Yard. Punch in promo code BPN10. That's BPN10. One zero for ten percent off all tickets for all events. It's a great deal. It supports us. So go over there, stubyard.com, BPN ten. That's BPN one zero ten percent off all tickets for all events. You don't want to miss that. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up our show for today. My name is Benson Fexer. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, hopefully we can get back and have a great week. But until then, let's go, Bucks. I'll see you next week.